Welcome to the Writing on My Mind podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Emanuela Stanislaus, author, career strategist, scholar, and diversity consultant. I'm on a mission to create community for women of color graduate students to complete their graduate degrees with confidence. On this podcast, we discuss all things related to the graduate school journey, including the ups and downs of pursuing a graduate degree. I also share personal stories and bring some friends along for revealing conversations about their graduate school journey and provide inspiration for others to level up as grad students. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Writing on My Mind podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Emanuela Stanislaus, and I'm back again with a fabulous guest in the guest chair today. Today, I have Dr. Tori Crops, who is a research scientist in STEM education at the University of Texas at Dallas in the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Her research there stems broadly on strategies to promote equity for racially and ethnically marginalized doctoral students in STEM disciplines pursuing careers in the academy. Dr. Crops earned her PhD in agricultural education from Purdue University. Her research interests include the mentoring, advising, and socialization of marginalized graduate students, Black collegiate women, marginalized groups in STEM and agriculture, and critical qualitative research. That is one heck of a bio, Dr. Crops, and I would like to welcome you to the show. Hey, hey, glad to be here. Awesome. I can't wait to dig into like all of your experiences. I feel like a lot of what you do really ties to the mission that I have here on the Writing on My Mind podcast, as well as what I do through coaching and that sort of thing, which is helping women of color graduate students. So can't wait to dig into that. So let's first start with how it started for you. How did you decide that graduate school was for you? How did you go about researching and getting into the path of your PhD? So I'll start from the beginning. I did my bachelor's and master's at North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. It's a historically black college in North Carolina, Aggie Pride. And I got my bachelor's in agricultural economics and my master's in agricultural education. I did those back to back. I taught high school agriculture, middle school science collectively for four years, but I knew I wanted to pursue a doctoral degree. I just wasn't sure what exactly in. And I knew for sure I wanted to study black women and or girls. I dropped the girls part because I realized that research about kids makes me want to fight people and because of things that happen to kids. And so I dropped that part, but I knew for sure I wanted to do, do research on black women. So it's really interesting. My advisor from Purdue, who in, the person who ended up being my advisor, he visited A&T one day and my master's advisor called me while I was at work during my planning period. And he was like, well, you need to come down here to A&T. I got people from Purdue here. I know you want to get your PhD. You need to come talk to them. So I checked with the principal. I said, I need to go. 
is that okay and they were like yes and so i left early and i got down to a and i met who would end up being my advisor dr levon esters found out that he did his undergrad at florida a m which is historically black college in florida and then he did his master's at a and and so that was really interesting to me and then he did his phd at a pwi so he understood like leaving the safety of your HBCU and transitioning somewhere else. But he did research on minoritized students in agriculture broadly. And so we got to talking, he told me to apply, he had funding, he helped me with the application and my essay. And I applied, I, I had to take the GRE very last minute, so I didn't get to study. I made the minimum score <laughs> to get in and that's history. I ended up at getting in and with full funding. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think I took several valuable lessons here. And I think it's one that I always talk about, which is telling other people your goals, like the power of telling others, right? And because you told that faculty member, even though you were teaching at the time, what your desires were, when this opportunity came, they knew immediately to reach out to you. So if no one listens to <laughs> any other time that I say to tell other people about your goals, I think that's an amazing example. I think the other thing to pull out of that or that I got out of it is the value of mentorship, right? And for me, when you were talking about that faculty member, who was from Purdue and how they helped you with your application process. They also helped you with funding, which is super important. That for me shows a mentorship experience or a relationship and the value of those, right? And how that can help guide you along the way. Would you agree that that professor kind of acted as a mentor for you. I know too, you spoke about your research with mentorship. You also promote mentorship in some of the content that you share. Is that what you would kind of describe as a mentorship experience? I would definitely describe that as a mentorship experience. For my assistantship, I used to coordinate a program called Summer Scholars Program where we brought students from MSIs who are interested in graduate school to Purdue to learn about graduate programs, meet faculty and students, and learn about how to apply for graduate school. And that was something that we helped them with and they found to be super helpful. So I would definitely say that that's a, a piece of mentorship and it's, we're still in contact with a lot of them. And I think that that's an important part of it too, that we are still connected with these students. Awesome, and for those who may not know MSI, it stands for Minority Serving Institutions, so I uh, wanted to throw that out there. So you said that you knew that you wanted to pursue your PhD pretty early on. Like, what made you think that you wanted to pursue this degree, and what did you think that it could do for you in your career and personally? A couple of things. I mentioned earlier about having questions that well, I didn't realize at the time that they were research questions, but having questions that I wanted answered about black women in agriculture, 
and knowing that in order to gain access to the resources that I needed to answer those questions that I would need a PhD, but then also really being inspired by the black women in my department when I was at A&T. So some quick shout outs, Dr. Kenred Jefferson Moore. She was my assistantship supervisor when I was there and mentor. And when we're at a conference, at the same time, we still connect, we still text. When I go home, I still see her. Dr. Chastity English, she was my actually my thesis advisor. I go to her house when I go home still. And then Dr. Antoine Austin, he's the one who pointed out to me my last name, Crops, and the <laughs> relation to agriculture. These folks really inspired me to be like, well, I want to help other Black students who come through in agriculture, especially when we left A&T, the bubble of A&T, and went out to ag conferences and saw how not diverse <laughs> it was. It's like, well, I know that we're going to need support. Other Black folks, students of color, are going to need support when they go through a program. And I, I would like to be a part of that. I love that. Yeah. And I I didn't attend an HBCU, which is one of the regrets that I have. But, you know, I always hear about the bubble, right, where you always feel supported in a lot of ways. You have the representation, you have brilliance around you that, you know, makes you feel like you're capable of doing whatever it is that you want, which I think is amazing. But you also talked about how you did both your undergrad and your master's at A&T. And so then you go to Purdue, predominantly white institution. What was that experience like for you, the, the transition and that sort of thing? It was interesting. I had been out of school for four years before I went to Purdue. And especially when I was teaching agriculture, it was at a very white school. And then I started substitute teaching, mostly in science classrooms. I truly did not like working at that school <laughs> where I was teaching. It was an hour away and I, I didn't really quite get along with the administration. So I, I was like, I'm young, I'll find something else. <laughs> so I left. I started substitute teaching and I'll say that honestly, that was more fulfilling than the teaching agriculture was that was a good experience but i really enjoyed the student teaching more meet i don't know if it was a just diversity of going to different schools and meeting different students but then my last year i was at one school i was at a middle school for almost the entire year bouncing between the science classroom and an english classroom and of course as a sub filling in wherever else you're needed and it was a very diverse middle school but very much in need of some financial support from the city and the state. But that was probably my favorite experience teaching. Oh, I said all of that to say I had diverse experiences with a whole lot of different people and in different kinds of spaces. I still was unprepared for how different Purdue would be. So like Greensboro, which is where I'm from, which is where A&T is. Greensboro, North Carolina is a very diverse city. And I would say that a lot of it has to do with having so many colleges in the city. I believe there may be five or six colleges just in the city. You go from a very diverse city and then of course where all your support system is. 
and then you go to a city that's very much not diverse the students I don't know I didn't have many run-ins with like students but like even the black students on campus sometimes you would see them and it's like I truly think it was like survival mode they're just like I gotta do what I gotta do I wave and they looking at me like girl <laughs> and I'm just like well, well I gotta make some friends out here but also I'm very much an introvert like capital introvert <laughs> so it was a little not say difficult but I had a little bit of a time just making new friends and I think a lot of adults just talk about that as well just the struggle of making friends when you move to a new city but I did end up like finding my support system it did take me a year or two <laughs> to really get in the groove of everything so I found the Black Graduate Student Association my advisor had a majority minoritized research group and so there was some safety in there as well because most of us were from MSIs it was either black students from HBCUs or MSIs and white women and so we were all we all hung out together sometimes and I worked at the Black Culture Center as a night manager meaning that I helped to set up events break down events check in guests when they come in and I would close the building at night. And usually I got to work on my homework or dissertation while I'm sitting at the desk. But those were three big support systems for me while I transitioned and while I was there. Thank you so much for sharing. I think those are all areas that listeners can kind of explore at their own institutions if they're feeling like they want to get connected with others. And also to like, you know, these odd experiences that you say to sometimes you might see somebody who is a person of color and you want to connect but they don't want to or maybe they're like (laughs) in another mind frame and then you know also you have the other aspect of being a grad student well first of all being a grad student in general right surrounded by mostly undergraduate students. So that's another thing. But then you have this other piece of you have additional experience being outside in the world and then coming back. So then that creates this other dynamic. So I know you talked about being a night supervisor, but I feel like you also said you had an assistantship as well. Can you talk a little bit about like the jobs that you had and also how you work to balance that and school, which you kind of talked a little bit about doing some homework while you were at the desk and stuff like that. But can you share a little bit about what that experience was like to help others kind of contextualize your experience? Yeah, so I'll give a little more detail for the assistantship. It was through the grant that funded me being able to attend Purdue I coordinated a couple parts of a mentoring program called Mentoring at Purdue. I coordinated the Summer Scholars Program, which I already described, and I started and coordinated a peer mentor program for graduate students in STEM. And we talked about how to be a better mentor, what to look for in a mentor. We did a lot of troubleshooting of like, I'm going through this thing, does anyone have any advice? So then, yeah, I worked at the Black Cultural Center and I could sit down and just do work unless there was an event. But with the assistantship, it did get to a point where I really needed to buckle down and finish writing my dissertation. (laughs) Like my advisor's telling me money's running out and I'm like, well, I'm ready to go anyway. I really need to get finished. And I had to sit down with my advisor and I was like, look, 
I'm not sure if you realize how much I'm doing with this, but it's cutting into time that I should be writing. And we just sat down and wrote out everything that I was doing. And he looked at it and he was like, I had no idea that I had you doing that much. And it's like, you know, you want to be good at things, but don't, it's, I heard someone say like, don't be too good at it. Cause then people start dumping more stuff on you. And that was kind of how it was starting to feel. But that's another lesson about like advocating for yourself. So I did that. We took some things off my plate, redistributed some of the work. And at that point I was able to like breathe <laughs> and go ahead and, and finish finished writing my dissertation was a lift it was 253 pages I think so it was it was it was a lot so because I know you'll probably ask so my dissertation was about the experiences of black women doctoral candidates in agricultural disciplines and it was a narrative inquiry and so in capturing stories from these women the dissertation just grew and grew and grew so yeah, it was it was long. It was a lift. But yeah, moral to the story, advocate for yourself. Yes, you sound like you had an amazing advisor who would sit down and kind of work through the challenge of having too much on your plate and then actually <laughs> taking things off your plate instead of adding to it and also apologizing for putting too much on your plate. Like what he or she or they need to create some type of session so that faculty can know how to be better advisors. So thank you for sharing that. So what do you know now that you wish you knew when you started your program? I think that's a really interesting question because I'm a big believer in things are going to happen the way that they're supposed to happen. And if I knew something different, then it would change the outcome of what was supposed to happen. So I don't know. That's probably, I would say it's probably, it's a good answer, but it's probably not what listeners are hoping for. No, I think you kind of said that perfectly because I actually use that same train of thought with like my my personal life like you know they always have that oh if you can go back and change anything I'm like no because I would be different you could change like the smallest thing and that can like change the trajectory of your whole life so I totally get that and I love that answer so thank you for for that so I know you are a research scientist now and wanted to see like, is this where you envisioned yourself being? Like, what is it that you're doing? How does it relate to your program and even like your dissertation research? This is not where I envisioned myself being, especially in Texas. It's so far away from home. I never thought, I thought after Indiana, I would find a job closer to home and now I'm even further away from home but I think I'm where I'm supposed to be kind of goes back to the answer to the last question I'm where I'm supposed to be right now there's an experience that I'm supposed to be getting I don't know it feels very like woo woo abstract like the universe is telling me things <laughs> but that's just how I think of it I would like my goal fingers crossed is to be a faculty member at some point <laughs> especially I can't say a whole lot I've been told by my supervisor but especially with what's going on in Texas I just I need to find a stable job possibly outside of Texas we don't know what the future holds 
But yeah, I want to be faculty somewhere. I would like to get back into my home discipline in agriculture, but I'm also open to STEM education, some kind of leadership within my research around mentoring. So yeah, I'm open. I think that's been the great thing about having all these experiences is that I've been open to different things. If I would have just stayed on the path of like, I just want to be faculty, I could be faculty, but it could be somewhere that is not great. Agriculture is very, some places can be very conservative. And I, I don't know that I want to be the only black person in a place that conservative, you know, but that is what could have happened had I just tried to find a job right out. So yeah, I've had diverse experiences regarding working. And I think this has been one of those and it's been a great experience. So you ask how it relates to my degree. It does and it doesn't. So research scientists in STEM education, the assistantship I worked for was around STEM. And so that's how I got the postdoc, which led to the promotion to research scientists. But my supervisor, so another shout out, my supervisor is Yvette Pearson. She is the VP for the Office of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion at UT Dallas black woman awesome so when i tell her i want to do something she's like okay let's figure it out let's how let's see how we can get you there let's see how we can get you to apply for whatever the thing is you want to apply for so i still get to do some of my agriculture research and if it relates in any way to what we're doing she's like all right we're paying for it go <laughs> so yeah she's been really awesome and giving me the space to explore research I want to do and support me in that. That is awesome and super encouraging. So excited for you in this opportunity. And, you know, you mentioned the whole state piece in Texas and here in Florida. I totally can understand that and how DEI and marginalized groups in general are under attack and higher ed seems to be the latest target of those attacks. And so I can definitely understand the stress and uneasiness about like what's going to happen. Will funding be cut or when will it be cut? Right. In, in a lot of cases. So I totally understand thoughts around that. And, you know, you're making me think about like what kind of resources and support I can provide for graduate students who are in these spaces, one, and that are trying their best to create welcoming and safe spaces for marginalized people in general, right? And these are a lot of times, these are the spaces that provide the community that you need to survive a lot of the things that happen when you're pursuing graduate degrees. So I need to spend some time thinking about that. And I appreciate you kind of sharing that and also trying to see how I can create resources to help those who want to go into higher ed and <laughs> thrive while all of these things are happening. You also mentioned your mentorship research, and I wondered if you can share a little bit about what that research has been and maybe in general what you found, because it sounds like you're looking at graduate students specifically, which you know is is the audience here. So just curious to know what you found in your research. I'm so glad you asked. I recently, finally, after being with the journal for almost a whole year, 
had a paper accepted about black doctoral candidates experiences in ag disciplines but specifically with socialization mentorship and advising and i won't give away all of it because you should read it but some of the findings were that these women experienced a lack of trust in their advising relationships and we know that to move from an advising relationship to a mentoring relationship there's got to be trust there and the interesting part with this also was that the women who experienced this specifically were in cross-race advising relationships so their advisors were white now the women whose advisors were black described their advisor as a mentor so i think that's really interesting another interesting piece was that the department is a major site of socialization you learn from faculty there in the department you learn from your advisor you learn the norms of the discipline how people interact with each other and that it's really important to form good relationships with other faculty they may not be as in-depth as one with your advisor but you at least want to be on a high hello how are you doing kind of relationship and some of these women were ignored by faculty in their department some of them one of them specifically said that she would say hello and they would say hi back and she would say well how are you doing and that was they were like "Mm -mm." they wouldn't say anything else just walk away that's just we're not forming relationships and then the the one i thought that was the most interesting to me was about experiences at conferences so conferences are also sites of socialization because you Again, you see how faculty interact with each other. I noticed so much at the ag conferences. So you'll notice that like people who are friends tend to send their students to each other. So I have this grad student, I'm friends with faculty B. I send my students to faculty B for their PhD. Faculty B sends their students to me for their PhD. So we're just sending all students. So that also helps students form relationships with faculty at different institutions and different kinds of departments. You see what kind of research is valued or done more than other kinds of research. So my research is definitely not in the majority at these ag conferences. A lot of teacher education kind of research is done, but that makes sense because we are very heavy on FFA and 4-H and informal ed for kids and all of that. So it, it makes sense, but also it makes it a little more difficult to network with people at the conference. But these women specifically talked about, again, being ignored at the conference. One woman said that she was with her department at the conference and was ignored by people in her department at the conference who she was sitting right in front of. And she was trying to talk with them. And instead of talking to her, they started talking to each other about her right in front of her. One woman was microaggressed at the conference. Someone just put their hands in her hair and was like, oh, it's so clean. Like, girl, what did you think it was? Why would it not be clean? Like, get out of here. So, yeah, this dissertation was a labor of love. (laughs) And putting these papers together has also been because I'm reliving, like, the interviews all over again. And it's been interesting. But, yeah, that's the first paper from my dissertation. I'm I'm excited that it'll be out soon. 
Yay. Congratulations to you in getting this published. And depending on when it comes out, like I'll definitely make sure that we put a link in the show notes so that folks can read it and share it widely with others. That's so crazy. As you were reading some of those things, I was like, was I interviewed for your dissertation? (laughs) Just because how some of these experiences are so common. And so, you know, I was having a conversation with someone else and just talking about how important it is to have connections outside of your department, whether it could be in your same institution, but maybe in a different department, having relationships with other faculty members, other graduate students, and then maybe also going outside of your institution and building relationships with others. And that really makes me sad when I think about the story with the woman at the table. And it's like, you're there with people who you know, like they know you, air quotes, right? Because you're in classes with them or whatever. And that would almost seem like a built-in kind of networking system. But then, you know, you have the opposite. And so, yeah, that makes me so upset for her. And that also points to a strategy of when you're at these conferences, expand, go and find other people don't only stick with those from your institution because those may not always be the safest and supportive spaces. So thank you for that. So this has been such a great conversation, Tori. Like I really appreciated you sharing more about your background, your experience, your research. And I think, you know, a lot of what you shared would be valuable to our audience and wanted to see if you could share a little bit about how folks can connect with you or follow you if they want to stay connected. Sure. Connect with me on Twitter. That's where I'm pretty active. I'm scholar crops on Twitter. Definitely find me on LinkedIn. I'm trying to be more active on LinkedIn as well. And I have a website too, which should be linked below. Yes, I will make sure that I put all of those links in there so that folks can connect with you. Your website is torycrops.com and I'll put the other pieces, including your LinkedIn, and definitely want folks to connect with you, follow you, and all that good stuff. And again, thank you so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks for the invite. I also enjoyed this conversation. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Writing on My Mind podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, make sure you follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts, rate the show, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also donate to the show by clicking the support link in the show notes. Your donations help me to continue to put out new episodes to help support you and other women of color graduate students. I'd also love it if you can spread the word to other women of color graduate students to grow our community. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Dr. Emanuela. See you on the next episode.